Hummer. Different intro today. And that's because we are doing this after having a stream of consciousness conversation about the news that Zach Harvey is opting out for the rest of the season. And then if you read the tea leaves, uh, be it Justin Williams tweet about not returning in the future, um, or people that we've kind of poked and prodded to to ask about this. It sounds like he's not going to be returning to the Cincinnati Bearcats program at all. So rather than do the normal introduction, figured it's appropriate just to set up this conversation. It was it was all a little not all over the place, but it was very much just a off the cuff kind of all over the place. Raw, kind of all over the place. Yeah, I mean it's it's an emotional reaction to what's just been a very it's just been an up and down constant news constant change and 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 uncertainty around the Bearcats basketball program since John Brandon became head coach. And we also did something new for this one. Well, not that new. This is the third time we've done it. We did go live for for the recording of this on Facebook. Something that we're going to continue to try to do more. So if you want to hop on, you know, one give us a like on Facebook too to help us get more visibility. Uh, also don't forget to if you're not already, definitely follow us on Twitter. Um that, that way you get to interact with Coomer, the brains behind this real operation. Uh, but then also we're on Instagram. We have our website, www.slangin.com, where you can also find some cool videos, some articles that are being written by Coomer. Uh, I'm not much of a writer, so we'll leave that to Coomer. Maybe every once in a while we might get a little bit of Sam antics on there. However, pop on there. It was fun. We actually had, we had, some, we had some live listener, live listeners, live watchers, whatever you want to call it. Either way, we were able to interact with them throughout the podcast. We were able to take some of their questions, some of their comments. It was beautiful. Uh, we want to keep doing that throughout the throughout the year. Uh, but I think the whole uh, theme of this one is, look, we're all in a lab. We're trying to dissect what happened. It's all over the place. There's no research. There's no, there's no method to the madness here of going through and saying, what the heck just happened? And that's what you get. That's what you got. Enjoy it. Let's do it. I think we're going to, it's going to go to a weird place tonight. It really is going to go to a weird place with the cats. Uh, you know, we, we alluded to it, I guess, with Justin Williams. I thought this is what you were talking about. We had a, a tweet uh, from a former player, uh, a, a Bearcat legend, who's now a legend, Jaron Cumberland, uh, kind of just expressing his dislike for Brandon. I think the tweet or the Instagram video said, this man got to go. Uh and I don't know, is he is he on to something? Because we've seen a, a wave of players transfer, a wave of players um, op, opting out this season in weird times. It just doesn't. So look, we're in the lab. We got to we got to break this down. You're emotional. I'm emotional, but I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, and and we're we're getting into this episode clearly far differently than we usually do. Um, you did a good job setting it up. I'm minding my business. I'm settling in for the night, perusing Netflix, HBO Max. What am I gonna what am I gonna start? Am I gonna get into Judas and the Black Messiah? Am I gonna get into uh, Bridgerton as Hummer keeps raving about? Am I gonna tune into an NBA game? Who knows? Like maybe, you know, I don't know where to go. I don't know where my night's taking me. Uh, I look down at my phone. And I see a retweet of a gentleman by the name of Brian Snow of 24-7 Sports that says Zach Harvey has decided to opt out for the rest of the 
basketball season. But that's where it stops. It doesn't say he's entering the transfer portal. It doesn't say he's not returning. But anybody with any sense of what this would mean at this point in the season with a, for a guy like Zach Harvey, you know, a player who is extremely talented, but his participation in Bearcat lineups has been, has fluctuated greatly. Um, that, that tweet, that retweet was followed up very quickly by Justin Williams, who confirmed that not only was Zach Harvey opting out of the season, uh, no news, or he hasn't formally entered the transfer portal, but he will not be back with the Cincinnati Bearcats. And here we are. Um, well, we don't know if he won't be back. We are, I think. No, 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 no. He, Justin Williams said he will not be back with the Cincinnati Bearcats. Like this season or just in general, like ever? Ever. Oh, that's good. That's a good clarification, actually. I don't know that he specifically said ever. I think that's a good one to, to go ahead and, and look on what we're. I'll, what I'll pull we're, it up, but I mean, yeah, do the math, Hummer. To the math, like I, is there we anything? We said this last year. We we've said this before that he was the first, the first player on our target list of who would transfer. <laughs> we didn't make a target list. You made a wild prediction, and granted, you said it preseason. You said if there was someone who was going to move on from the Bearcats, he was a, a candidate, and and that was largely based on being a highly touted recruit. Uh, you know, the talent obviously being there, but having a frustrating freshman season. And then this season certainly, I mean, it hasn't gone according to plan at all. And that's due to largely circumstances completely out of our control, not our control or Brandon's control. Um, but then there's also things that, that he probably, he probably expected more consistent minutes. He probably expected to, uh, to be more of a stalwart in the team's rotation. And that just hasn't played out. And it could be from a variety of factors, be it, inconsistency in practice. He had injury struggles in the off season. Um, he, he was one of the guys late coming back from COVID, but um, it's happened, you know, like the, the worst case scenario case, has happened. If that's the case though, like, you know what, uh, it's going to sound weird because we've had so many of these players doing that where, you know, you have Jay Sarola, you have Mamadou, you have Rapalus, uh, you've had Trevor Moore, you've had all these players leaving the team, but for Zach Harvey, it just feels a little different. And the reason why it feels different is he's had significant playing time and his playing time was, was trending up and you've had this, just, just a weird dynamic like going on where like, I'm actually kind of like, if, if it's not COVID related, if he's not actually sick, if he's, if he's healthy, he's able to play. And this is just simply, it's like, he's throwing a temper tantrum uh, because he's got the minutes. No, he doesn't. Got the minutes. He doesn't. At That's the sophomore. The problem, man. All right. So take out the UCF game with 11 minutes, 18 minutes, 26 minutes, 18 minutes, 19 minutes, 24 minutes. Like that's, that's significant minutes in a team that that is designed or playing like the way John Brand wants is where everybody has a role. Everybody kind of rotates around around with minutes. You have a, a group of four or five. Is Zach Harvey? Is he? Is he? The, do you want him on the court 30, 40 minutes a game? Sorry, 40 minutes, 30, 35 minutes a game? I love it. I think you're you already him make, playing you're making a minutes. mistake. You're making a mistake in how you're thinking about this. Like to think that. Look, he, he's, he's the college player, the unpaid player, the guy who came in with certain expectations and is clearly just not mixed with the program well since he got here. He has not been in good favor with the coach. 
and, and I kind of look at it like this, Summer. And by the way, let me, I'll, I'm going to stop real quick because I did want to clarify. Justin Williams' tweet did say Harvey is not currently in the transfer portal, but he is not expected to return to Cincinnati in the future. That seems pretty clear. Um, and this is just, this is a prediction I hate being right about. Yeah, well, I hate that you're right, too. Yeah. Um, look, I think this is we've all we've all asked the question. Everyone's had the question of why. Why is Mike Saunders Jr. in the starting lineup? Um, what what's with John Brandon's rotations? His his minutes distributions are inconsistent. I think when you're when you're doing these things and you're in, in the case of Mike Saunders, like that's a guy getting seven minutes a game that isn't ready to contribute in a winning way. Like he is he is not ready to be a major contributor on this team. And those seven, five, seven, four, whatever they are, those minutes that he's playing are taking away from someone else. Someone else who is more ready to contribute positively to the Bearcats' success. So that's only recent history. I know that's only since the COVID break, but that's that's part of what John Brandon has done that's been a bit confounding and could be the types of decisions that foster, you know, the feelings of, you know what, I'm out of here. Um it's disappointing. Like I wish Zach Harvey would just stick with it. Cause it's, it's very clear to me when you watch his last, I want to say it, it must be now seven games. It's not seven. Cause he missed the first two. It's his last five games have been outstanding. He's shooting, you know, a remarkable percentage from three pointer. The, the shot has come around. Um, he's been more effective defensively. When you saw him in the game, even in his limited minutes against UCF active defensively, great hands, getting his hands on balls, it was clear that Zach Harvey was molding into one of the Bearcats best two to three players on this team. And if you project out to next season, that was easy to see. And it was such a natural fit into where he would slide into when you consider that Keith Williams is a senior and very unlikely to return and take advantage of that extra year of play. Um, I, it's hard. It's hard to slice this in a way that's positive. And I know that transfer portal the, the usage and, and players entering it is becoming more and more common in college basketball. But the way a Bearcat fan is going to look at this, the way we have to look at this is based on and with the context of John Brandon's first one plus seasons with the Bearcats. And that's Jay Sarola. And that's, uh, you know, um, I'm blanking out Trevor, Trevor Moore. And that's Rapalus Ivanouskis. And that's Gabe Madsen's uncertain status right now. That's Mamadou Diara opting out for COVID and then opting back in. And, you know, there's plenty of, I mean, I'll just cut to it, man. Like that, there's a lot of rumors out there that that wasn't simply a COVID opt out and um, was more of discontent or malcontent about what was happening on the court. And it's not to say that Mamadou's in a position to demand blank minutes, but there's so much turmoil and drama around this program, it's impossible to not feel uncertain about what John Brandon's future is as, as the Bearcats head coach. I don't know how to say it any other way. This has been a tumultuous first two years. Founded in 2007, Homage turns back the clock with shout outs to eclectic moments and personalities in sports, music, and popular culture from Barry Larkin. To Kenyon Martin, Homage tells stories of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. Pay homage at www.homage.com. Right now, 
I'm all into not only the upcoming collection for the National Chili Day in our skyline, but also the go-to super comfy, cozy essentials. They're perfectly understated, and they just re-upped their inventory. They have my size XL in a nice red hoodie. Mmm, super cozy. I'm definitely grabbing one. It's in the mail today. Shop Homage online at www.homage.com and in six stores across Ohio, including their over-the-Rhine Vine Street location right here in Cincinnati. And right now, as you all know, if you've been listening, Homage has created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. That started January 4th. It's going through the end of the month. You get 21% off the entire, your entire order site-wide if you use the code SLANGIN. And if you want to go to their store, tell them since he's slanging, sent you. They are completely in stock at their physical location. Check it out now. Tell them we sent you. Thank you. I guess I'm trying to, you asked earlier, you were trying to make the, a GIF, and you're like, who would be the Bearcat fan who is going to try to talk us off the cliff? And I was trying to take up that role, that mantle, you know? I feel like sometimes that that is my job, but it is so hard because when you're reading the tea leaves here, you're sitting here and you're just thinking to yourselves, well, God, this absolutely sucks. Uh, it's a trend. It's a disturbing trend. And the fact that you pointed out on Twitter, zero recruits. John Brannon has used this excuse of, well, I'm not going to go and recruit someone if I haven't had a chance to meet them face-to-face. -face. You know what? This is the real world. This is 2020, 2021. We have all had to do our jobs remote. We have all had to go out. I'm in sales. I've had to go out and sell people without and talk to them without ever meeting them in person. You, John Brannon, need to be out there selling your program to recruits via the internet, via Zoom, whatever it is, it's, it's not acceptable that you have zero recruits. It's unacceptable that you now have another player, a scholarship player leaving the team. That's two in the same year. It's just, it's, it's a disturbing trend. And the only thing I guess I was just kind of faulting Zach Harvey is I don't see where it's coming from in the middle of the season. Like you're, you had 10 games left. And if you're pouting and you're leaving because of, of minutes of distribution right now, okay. Like that's, this is un, that's unheard of. So I guess that maybe the common denominator is something's going on with the, with the players and the coaching staff. And once again, John Brandon has for the second year in a row, lost control of the locker room. Well, it would happen in the middle of the season. And at this point, if, if you've made up your mind that you are not going to be playing basketball for the university of Cincinnati long-term, it makes complete sense that you would stop at the moment you made that decision. Why I don't, there's no reason to continue at that point, uh, injury risk, um, or, or you're probably, you know, body language attitude. Once you've made that choice in your head, you you're, you're no longer going to be a contributing member of the team. It's likely going to derail the, the team season even further. Um, so honestly, it's best, best for all involved that once he's made that decision that he no longer wants to be affiliated with the university, that, that you do opt out for the rest of the season. Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that there's no recruits lined up for next season, that's the thing I failed to mention just now that it's all of this is exactly why it's exasperating. I know that the transfer portal, it's happening to every university, more guys are, are heading into the transfer portal than ever shoot. You know, I think maybe the most important guy on our team, David DeJulius 
is someone we got from the transfer portal. So it's, it's obvious that we're going to have opportunities to replenish the roster in that portal. The concern is Brandon's track record for who we're getting from the portal so far, you know, David DeJulius is absolutely a hit, but then there's also been Rapolis who didn't even make it through 10 games. There's been uh Sorola who I can't remember if it was 10 games. It was right around that mark that he leaves early. Um, there's also the fact that um, who else was it that we got from the portal Hummer, Chris McNeil, who just frankly wasn't up to the task of being a, uh, a starting high level contributing player at this level. So it's, you're not getting guaranteed contributors. And not only that, but if you're building your program around portals, portal players, it's an unsustainable model. You know, the, the, the track record for success at a university like Cincinnati, where we're not going to continually attract five-star one and done talents who are going in the first round or the lottery of the NBA draft. If you're, if you're building your program outside of those guys, it has to be with solid high school players who you bring in and you develop and you turn them into outstanding college players. Mason Madsen appears to be that type of player. I have, I am certainly not giving up on Mike Saunders jr. I see, I can see him, developing into a four-year contributing player. You know, once we see the jump shot improved, once we see his, his ability to control the ball and, and, and play without turning the ball over starts to happen. Tari Eason, another guy, not a one-and-done player, uh, but someone who projects out as a high-end talent that could, you know, develop his way into the NBA draft eventually. But that's a guy who's staying three, four years in college, most likely. Um, when you build your program around those kind of guys, you can actually map out a trajectory and Jeremiah Davenport, another perfect example, but you can map out a trajectory of, Hey, we're going to restore this program to top 25, um, making the NCAA tournament being a threat to go on a run in the tournament. If we have to rely on portals, you know, the transfer portal and transfers in general, and rather than, rather than being complementary pieces that you insert to kind of elevate you to another level, you know, the Mike Williams type, or the Kyle Washington types where it's one off. Um, it's just a, it's just a, a missing piece that we've added. Who's going to you know, be play a major role on the team. It's just not going to work. And so now we're in a situation where the only addition we have locked in for next year is Victor Locken, who by all accounts seems very talented, very skilled, especially when you consider his size. Um, but man, it's concerning because all we're doing is losing players. And this, this could potentially, we don't know if it's the last player who's going to enter the portal from the Bearcats. And that's concerning. What is there anything else we should talk about? Cause I do think the reality we have to grapple with, and this is the reality as being a college basketball fan is it is interesting to see what the transfer portal, the impact that's having. And this is entering a period of time when, you know, players are able to enter the portal, transfer to a new, new school, and no longer have to sit out into the future. It is adding a, a free agency element to this. And one of the endearing parts of being a Bearcat fan, one of my favorite parts over all these decades now, is, is kind of growing up with the players and following them as they're growing up. They're coming in as a freshman. They, they become that four-year player, and you see them from starting point A to, to the final point their senior year. You know, there's great examples of guys who didn't go on to be these amazing professional players, but they were, you know, like a Dion Dixon came in as a freshman raw. You could see the potential, love the energy. And then by, by a senior year, 
you know, he's, he's a major contributor on a, on a sweet 16 team. Like that is the epitome of what I love about college basketball. The portal is definitely shifting that, right? Like you are going to have these uh, mercenaries now coming through who might play for one or two, if you're lucky three years with the program. Um, that's, it's just a different dynamic and it's going to take an adjustment from all of us. It just feels like as a Cincinnati Bearcat fan, we are being overstimulated with transfers, with opt-outs, with coaches, decision benchings. It all just feels too much. Like it's been a, it's just, just been, it's been, I guess a year and a half of uncertainty and drama. Like the, the simplest way to put it is in the, the high school teen way, which is, I just, I just want to get away from the drama. Can we, can we just move away from the drama, please? Can we just, can we have a four game win streak? That, that Johnny, isn't... Johnny, it's, it's no longer Johnny buckets. It's, it's Johnny drama. <laughs> Johnny drama. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll name the episode. Johnny drama. Um, yeah, man, it sucks. It just sucks. Look, we, I don't even remember. We're basically kind of restarting this in a way. We saw the Jaron Cumberland, that the, the cryptic tweet that he it wasn't even cryptic actually we can, why even call it cryptic he he basically put john Brand, brandon on blast on instagram you know saying get this man out of here uh, and we've we're just it's it's so hard because it's already college basketball it's already a a, a product where we get attached to players for four years or two or three and then they're gone. They're 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 moving on. Hopefully to the NBA. They're they're moving on overseas to the pros. That's what we're hoping for. You know, we love watching these players grow. But the way Brandon so far, it's been two years, and we've had more turnover than Wichita State had. And Wichita State had after. I mean, I'm being a little facetious here, but Wichita State lost five players in a season with Greg Marshall, right? And there was clearly something going on there. It prompted investigations. I'm not saying anything nefarious is going on with the Bearcats program, but the fact that we've had, what is this now? This is number three, right? This is officially number three or four, four in two years, four players in two years. That's officially left the program. Official, well, three so and a half of Harvey, saying officially, because he hasn't officially left, but we know it's coming. Well, who, who is it? So Sorolla left, Sorolla. Trevor Moore left. And we're not even we're not counting Rapalus. the guys who left the team when he got the job because that I'm counting that as normal turnover that you see when you when a when a program switches coaches like that's that would be unfair to hold against Brandon and I'm talking about Saseme I'm talking about um, the Brooks you're talking yeah about, Nasir Brooks yeah Logan Johnson and then obviously Prince Toyambi left but that was more of a I mean UC didn't medically clear him to play. It, who knows how that went? He's, he's playing down at, at uh, I think, Georgia Southern. But, yeah, I think we're up to four. And then we don't know what's going to happen with Gabe Madsen either. I'm assuming – I feel more optimistic that Gabe's going to come back to the team. I think that when you read his statement, it seemed pretty clear that this is a decision made because of how miserable his life felt because of COVID-19 and the protocols associated with the team right now. And I was thinking about it. I mean, this has to be easily the least fun season to ever be a college basketball player. I can't imagine a season that is less fun to be that than the 2020, 2021 basketball season. Not just as a player. I mean, as fans, it's been awful. My question to you is though, since we're starting to, I think get a clear picture that it is, it is the common denominator here is the coach. We know that Cincinnati is a great place to play. We know we have great facilities. We know we have a great arena. 
We know we've had success in the past with past coaches. I mean, we're basically on a 20 year sustained 20 plus year sustained rate of success in the university of Cincinnati basketball program. So I think we've identified the issue. When do you, when does he get put on blast on it? When does he put it on the hot seat? When does, I hate to say main street media pick up and start, you know, but taking in the task for this stuff. I know they were, they were briefly kind of mentioning it uh, in the radio show when they were trying to discuss, you know, the recruiting class that he has this tremendous 2021 recruiting class. So when does John Brandon actually get put on the hot seat? <laughs> I think that's a fair question. I, he's not on the hot seat. He's not on the hot seat. I'm asking when um, does he get put on the hot seat? Well, that depends you're, on you're what happens in the recruits. future. That's what happens in the future. You don't have a recruiting class. As of right now, (laughs) we don't have a team. We don't have, we haven't, we don't, we're not fielding a team coming 2022, 2023. No, we are, we are fielding a team and look, he's not on the hot seat right now. It's impossible, impossible for me to project when he gets put on the hot seat, because that all depends on what the results are on the court, what's happening in the recruiting game. Um, whether additional players opt out. I mean, if it's, if it turns into a mutiny, you know, a la Greg Marshall, and I'm not comparing John Brandon to Marshall in the sense of, you know, yeah, we know, we actions. know we've, already, you know yeah, we've covered. That. I'm we've, saying if it turns into a situation, nothing nefarious happening, it's, it's nothing nefarious, but if you see a mass exodus after this season where it's not just Harvey, but you see other big names and young talents transferring, if that's what it turns into, then yeah, I think I think we're having the conversation a lot sooner than we expected. But as of now, let's be clear, Hummer, Harvey, you were able to predict that this would happen with Harvey before the season, and that in itself is telling. The, I the think writing we, I was think already on the wall with, with comments being point. made by family members, with with how he kind of appeared on the sidelines, and just he's a difficult personality to read. He never seemed completely on board. There was a level of frustration that was evident just watching him on the court, but you know, it's a red flag. It's another I red flag in more, a series of red flags. I think the red flags that set off for Harvey last year were he carries himself. His confidence is different than that of say a, a Gabe Matson or a J, uh, uh, Jeremiah Davenport where Zach Harvey's first instinct was give me the ball. I want to be the man. And he, as soon as he got the ball, no, no shot or, or wide open shot. He took, he, he took the three, he took the shot. And, and I think that right there was kind of telling of where he thought his role was going to be on this team. He thought he w- he was going to be the man. He thought he was going to come in and play, or he wants to play a Jaron Cumberland type role. Yeah. Uh, but he's not that he's, he's not there clearly And he's still going to be, he could be a good basketball player. He, he is a good basketball player, but he's just not there. And he's not there this year either. And I don't think his ball handling skills are, are there to, to be able to take over that kind of role. So that's why I'm surprised when, and that's why I'm kind of was giving him a little bit of, of crap, I guess you could say for, for his minute distribution, you're a sophomore and you're playing solid minutes. You're, you were trending up into the 20, 20 plus minutes. You had a setback one game and whatever happened, you know, whatever argument you've had, you know, it, I don't know if, it's just hard to say because you don't want to say, oh, it's good, it's good, it's good, he's gone, because that's that's the John Brandon, what he said with Mamadou, which clearly wasn't the case. Right. You know, but it's like, right. it, it's not earth shattering. That that kind of getting it was, from it's it. not earth shattering. Um, Hummer, it's not one game. And, and in all likelihood, it's not, it's not just minutes. It's not just how much am I playing. 
there's so much more that goes into this that we'll never truly know or understand. Uh, it's personal interactions with the coaching staff. It's how you're interacting and, and bonding with your teammates. And if you're not feeling fully immersed on the team and maybe it just wasn't a match, there's, there's that chance too. This is, I, I, I refuse to believe that he played one game or, or had a game against UCF where he was frustrated with his minutes and, and that was it. This is all a series of interactions and experiences within the program. And that's why this happened, right? It's not one specific moment or thing that caused this. So we, we have a, a comment on Facebook. It says we could, we should pull, pull players off the football team like Cronin did. <laughs> we should. Uh, did it, Evan did it Prater, Prater, step right up. Prater, Prater had a, a basketball scholarship lined up, right? <laughs> He did. Prater could play. Um, he plays at the, uh, or he played at Wyoming High School, which is, uh, my, my mom is a, a full-time teacher there and was, was raving about his talents on the basketball court, not just the football field. So yeah, if we need a, if we need a sub in for this year, uh, if Rob Banks isn't, I mean, I think Rob Banks is the natural fit, right? Bring him in, man. That's what we're hearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, it's going to be uh, Rob Banks, Sam Martin, uh, more minutes for Mason Madsen, more minutes for Mike Saunders Jr. Um, yeah, that's kind of I mean, that's, where we're at. that's the thing. It, it just takes us back to where last last episode or last podcast we, we talked about being, or I talked about in particular, me being excited and reevaluating my expectations for the season. It's like, once again, this sucks because now I have to re-reevaluate my reevaluation because Harvey was a big piece of that. He was a big piece of this team where – we did need him on the court. He provided a spark of offense. He provided relatively quality outside shooting. Uh, one of the best three-point shooters on the team. We're now we're now losing that, and so we're we're back to. I think we're just going to go back to experimentation. You're going to see these weird wonky lineups. Uh, you are going to see. I think Mike Saunders Jr. Maybe, sorry, maybe that's what it came down to. Is he thought maybe why is why is Mikey Saunders starting and I should be starting instead of Mike Saunders. You know, that, that could have been, you know, just weird, weird stuff. You never know, but yeah, I, it's, I can't, I'm never going to be the one to say like, well, he played Mike Saunders jr. And that's why Harvey's out. All I, all I was trying to say with the Mike Saunders jr. Point is it's, it's why every decision matters. Like I'm never, we're ne this is division one college basketball at the university of Cincinnati. One of the top 13 winningest programs in the history of the sport. You're not going to come here and play without like you shouldn't be playing if you're not ready to contribute to wins. And so whether it's the beginning of the game, whether it's in the middle of the game, if you're stepping on that court, your coach should believe that you are enhancing the likelihood that we win the game. And based on everything we've seen so far with Mike Saunders jr. That's not the case yet. Like there are better options on the team right now. I'm confident. Zach Harvey. He, Zach Harvey is like Zach Harvey is a guy who, who you should be playing more minutes based on the scoring punch that he provides based on the defensive upside, based on the athleticism, based on the shot making for a team that is a below average shooting team, like play the guy who has the, the, the viable jump shot from three over the guy who is not going to shoot them period. And, you know, I think I phrased it to you. What's the best case that happens when you put this player on the court with every single player on the team, you know what they're being played for, right? When Mason Madsen steps on the court, he's stepping on the court because he can knock down an outside shot. He's stepping on the court because 
he can he can hit a free throw. He's stepping on the court because he's executing the game plan. He's going to be on his rotations. He can make he can make solid passes. Um, every single player, Chris Vogt, can finish inside. Uh, big presence in the lane when he's playing up to par defensively. Mamadou Diara is a is a switchable player defensively. Um, can defend like hell. I don't even need to speak to it with Keith Williams, with Zach Harvey, with um, Jeremiah Davenport. It's obvious what they're bringing to the table. It's unclear right now. It's not, it, it's just not, I'm not sure what it is with Mike Saunders Jr. at this point. Like the speed is there, but he's not really consistently getting in the lane and creating. He's certainly not a shooter at this point. He's to, not doing what Micah Adams Wood did last year to correct. deserve earn the starting spot correct but again i'm not ready i'm not inclined to turn this into a blame game session like zach harvey transferred so let's pile on mike saunders jr it's more of an indictment on brandon's decision making and it's sort of like why are you doing the things you're doing because it, it seems like there's certain players that you just refuse to give the consistent role to and it's just unclear why whereas there's other players that have a longer leash can make more mistakes and they still will get those consistent minutes and opportunities and defined roles. I think that's clear with college players, especially what is my role, make it defined. I want to have a clear expectation. And then what do I need to improve so that I can grow that role even more? I, I imagine just outside looking in Harvey was uncertain. Well, what do I actually have to do to get a bigger role on this team? If I'm Zach Harvey, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, it, it is it is actually kind of baffling. I'm curious, you know, when you're talking about defined roles, we've talked to a bunch of recruiters over the you know the past year. They're not recruiters, but um, people involved in the recruiting process. We've talked to to some of the reporters out in in Wisconsin. We talked to some in Seattle, and they all talk about John Brandon's kind of his approach being this: I have a system. This is how you're going to. This is how I envision you fitting into that system. I wonder if John Brandon is overselling his in a way overselling his system and trying to stick to his system too much he's not adapting to his system too quickly the players aren't aren't fitting into it and all of a sudden you do have a guy where harvey does probably feel like he was sitting looking on you know outside looking in or you have rapalus who you know oh you're going to transfer here you're going to be great yeah we'll be what did he sell him on the floor you know did he sell him that or that you're going to be you know you're going to be out there and you're going to be able to, to shoot threes and then instead get him in there playing in with vote, playing a two fives for some reason. You know, I'm curious if that's part of what we're seeing here is John Brandon overselling his system during the recruiting process. And is his system too complicated? And this isn't an indictment on players. You're talking about what John Brandon is trying to run is equivalent to an NBA style offense. And those offenses are not, they're not simple. They are they're they're and they take they take a lot of athletes, a lot of skilled players to to be able to run those type of offenses. You need players who are going to be able to knock down outside shots. That that's that's number one. You need guys who can play ISO. You know when you don't have a lot of those players, it makes it challenging to run that kind of offense. And you will see teams struggle. And that's where I'm seeing us that when we have struggled, we haven't been able to do that. I'm not ready to say that it's too complicated of an offense. He was pulling it off in NKU and making the tournament with it. And those players aren't NBA players, but they're also, I guess, but they're also not playing against. Can't believe I'm going to say this this way. They're not playing against American Athletic Conference teams. They're not playing against oh. the UCF, USF's of the world. No, I would say it like this: um, 
he had a, he inherited a roster and he inherited talent and the recruiting classes. I think the most recent one was much more in line with what his ideal player was, right? Like the Madsons, his kind of player, he was able to put time in to recruiting a, a profile that he was looking for. Tari Eason, that guy fits any system, frankly. Like uh, if you can't make Tari Eason a good player, that's on the coach. Um, who else did he recruit this year? Mike Saunders Jr. That's someone he's recruited since seventh grade. I mean, that's clearly someone he thinks fits his quote unquote system. Whereas Zach Harvey, you know, is a guy that was being recruited by other big schools. Those offers fell off the table, but there's an opportunity to grab a talented guy. Obviously, let's do that. Um, anybody else that was kind of pulled in Jeremiah last minute recruit, but Jeremiah does seem like a perfect fit. I would say Less to do with the system. I don't think it's all that complicated. I think if anything, Brandon, as we've talked about many a time on this podcast, has been someone who is consistently slow to adapt to the players he has on the roster. Like if something, Chris Vote, Rapalus, that pairing, never going to work. You know, two bums sitting on their couch like me and you do, were able to predict that. Like that was, that was not surprising that two slow, unathletic guys uh, pairing them in the front court was not a great idea, uh, but it still took him quite a bit of time. And in, in fact, it really took Rapolis leaving the team to see that change. So um, I don't know if it's his system. I think it's more so um, his, his, can we just call it what it is? We know, I think we know what it is stubbornness? at this point. Stubbornness? It's, his, it's him. It's him. It is his personality. It is his stubbornness, his unwilling. It's almost like he's unwilling to admit that he was wrong about something. And that comes out to his decision-making that we see on the court, because it's clear to everybody else, not just you and me, it's, it's clear to everybody who's keep, who's watching the cats. We're like, why, 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 why? The fact that he has to get asked about it in the you know, in his, his, uh, the radio show, I think you might've asked him about it on one of those call-ins. The fact that we have fans calling in and asking and then we're still not seeing changes for two two to three games later like that's like you should be ahead of the curve not behind it especially when you come in with your your uh, opening press conference saying we're going to be the i'm going to be the analytics coach we're going to follow the number we're going to we're going to go by what the numbers are telling us but you and i are looking at Kempom. these are easily available numbers like we're not using advanced statistics and advanced matrix to t- have these discussions we're watching the games this is not rocket science and it seems like he's making it out to be rocket science. We we have players to have a good team. We have talent, but it's just, you know, where where is it at? Why does it take him so long to put this all together? And is that what's that's really what's what's costing us players to leave the system? Because he's willing to system. play vote. Every time we say system, we should take a shot. I know. And that's what we you said this last time. We talk about vote too much. Yeah, I'm done talking. I know. It's like, uh, it's, but that's part of it. Like the insistence on giving him 25, 26 minutes a game when there's more productive, more production that can happen when he's not on the court, you know, it, it let's, he, he, let's, let's, let's switch the conversation a little bit. I'm not even sure how I'm going to release this in podcast form. Uh, it might be raw. I might just put it out there raw and, and just let people enjoy Listen to what you want. Um, in terms of what happens the rest of the season, the impact of losing Zach Harvey, I mean, how, how devastating is it? Earth shattering. Is it, um, is it the nail in the coffin on momentum? You're going to, you're going to hate me for when I say this, cause it's definitely more earth shattering than Mamadou Diara. <laughs> uh, 
I actually don't think it is. I, Has it, Mamadou played in the last two games? Has he <laughs> for this seat? Okay, maybe I'm being a stand. Um, my contrarian take would be we're so thin in the front court that like we're desperate for anybody, especially after Rapalus left. Whereas we do have guard stand-ins. You already saw Brandon has fallen in love with Mason Madsen. He's going to be getting 15, 20 minutes a game. Mike Saunders was already playing five, six minutes a game. He's probably up to 10 now. And, and honestly, like the difference of Zach Harvey and Mike Saunders is massive. So that in itself is probably a, a pretty tough L. But with Micah Adams-Woods coming on, with Keith Williams already in the fold, with David DeJulius, like we have good guard and wing depth that should keep us afloat. Long-term, far more devastating. Like losing Zach Harvey for next year and beyond is is incredibly devastating and is why I posted the Michael Scott video. Like I am crying on the table, listening to James Blunt on repeat because of this loss. All right. So I think everybody's hearing the, uh, the method to the madness here as I'm looking up stats because ESPN starts blurring a Mamadou highlight. I was looking up the minute distribution, two minutes, uh, eight minutes, 11 minutes and 12 minutes or something his last four games. Mm-hmm. Um, Harvey at, in, in the span of last four games at some point had, uh, he had, I think, 26 minutes one game, 18 minutes another game, 11 minutes, and I think he had like, I think he dropped down like eight minutes last game. So I definitely think that you're you're looking at more of an impact losing Harvey than you're you are losing Mamadou. But I think it's this team can still win games without Harvey. It's it, this isn't to the point where the season's just completely over in an abandonment. I think we we passed that point when we hit seven losses and had three wins. Um, you know, at this point, we've said this, you're watching this team to, to see improvements in players. You're seeing, you know, hopefully actually oddly say improvement in coaching. Uh, that's, that's also what we're looking to see. Uh, and we've seen it. So it's still good that we have seen the players that we have improve, but it, we're going to need to see even more. Now we're going to have to see some people pick up off the bench. Mason Madsen, perfect opportunity for him to come in because he's already been earning more minutes, but let's see him drop some of that, that what beautiful about, uh... jump shot. What about Gabe Madsen? Come back. Come back, Gabe. Come back, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Vaccines are starting to be distributed. Numbers are going down. We'll, we'll relax some of the uh, the COVID protocols. Come back. Come get some buckets. It lowers the ceiling. It lowers the ceiling of the Bearcats because Put Zach Harvey. On. <laughs> it lowers the ceiling pretty significantly because Zach Harvey was one of the best, you know, most talented three or four players on the team um, this year in terms of what he was bringing to the table. Um, but in terms of, I mean, look, we're playing in the American athletic. It's a down year for the conference. Houston is a beast after that. Everyone is still beatable. I don't think Zach Harvey being here and not being here is moving the needle that much on being able to win those games, but how much, I mean, it's not hanging your hat on much to start, you know, pull off more victories against ECU, uh, Wichita state to, we got a, we got a good question here. So Justin saying, what do you think will happen on Sunday? Give credit. Uh, Who's asking the question? Justine Harrison, what do you think will happen Sunday? She says, I still have high hopes. What's up, Justine? Win the American and save our season. Say that, repeat that one more time. I was distracted by the fact that it's Justine Harrison that cracked me up. Hey, Justine. <laughs> what do you think will happen Sunday? I still have high hopes. LOL. Win the American and save the season. <laughs> I love the optimism. So, Justine, we figured out Justine is Dwight Schrute in the video picking Michael Scott up off the desk. She still believes she's ready to go to go into Houston, pull off the victory, uh, do the unthinkable. I think you never know. 
you never know. I think a lot of things would have to happen that don't usually happen for the Bearcats. Three point shots would have to fall at like a 40% clip. We'd have to have, you know, our best shooting game of the season. The vote would have to continue to be um, a true defensive presence, which he's only really been for the last two to three games. So if that continues to happen, which we have a greater sample size that he's not that player than we do that he is. But if he somehow has, has kind of figured out how to play defense, maybe those things contribute to us um, pulling off the upset at Houston. I'm still going to believe. I'm still going to be watching. We're, we're, we're actually, I'm going to go on the limb and say we're actually going to win this one. <laughs> uh, look, here, here's why. Here's why. Here's the reason why we're going to win this game. Okay. Number one, they've already had two losses to two bad teams. Tulsa and ECU. So we know it's possible. We know it is possible. They haven't really played anybody that challenging this year. So, you know, are they deserving of their rank? We've already discussed last week about how Kempom is completely off in their rankings this year. It, it's, it's more of a respect meter. If anything, it, it's not, I don't think it, it's truly ranking him. So there, there are six and or five in Kempom today. Um, uh, so they have that, but then they're just having a crazy. They're, they're a top five team in the country. So look, they're, they're going to lose crazy... Zach Harvey and now go onto their home court and smack them around. Yeah, we're going to smack them around because here's why: they haven't. They're not practicing. Who knows what they're doing right now? They're having some crazy snowstorms. They're in sub-zero temperatures that they've never experienced before. Do they even have winter coats in Texas? Does that even exist down there? Can I we didn't. get Tom when to lived, answer that question in there, Dallas? When I lived down there, I did not have a winter coat. I had a, more of a, a parka. Uh, How are they walking to and from the arena? Down, took it down How are they walking Zilker? to and from the arena in 10-degree weather? You know, they're getting in there. They're shivering. Look, we're going to come down, and we're going to have our parkas on, all right? We're going to have down feather parkas. We're going to walk into the arena, and we're going to smack them around. Is a because, parka a thick coat? Yeah, big, thick coat. Oh, I thought a parka was like a, a light jacket. I, I misspoke there. I don't know. I just I just know I, I have a parka, and it's big, thick, and heavy. I had more of a chaqueta, not a abrigo. <laughs> for my Spanish friends down in Houston. I just think it's, it's shaping up. If you're looking at like they're, they're basically their team is going through some adversity right now. And even though, so are we, we, I think are going to have, we're having the advantage right now of being able to practice. I know it's indoor game, but look, we're, we're, we're used to the cold. Uh, you know, let's give the mid props. Okay. This we're is ready to go. Completely irrational. I am not. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't buy it. I'm not saying it's impossible to upset the Houston. I think that, the possibility is always there. Keith Williams is due for, for a big game. DeJulius coming around. I still believe. Uh, Mama Dudiara, by the way, still has only attempted one three on the season. Please, John, can we fix this? Mama Do, let that thing fly. Dude, history tells us, no, we can't fix this. It'll take at least six more games to fix that. Um, we, will, we, will get, we will get Mama Do uh, letting threes rain right around memphis okay it'll be sunday february 28th mark mark your calendars mamadou will make a three-pointer all right i like that do you want to hear some good news i did poke around with some people that are close to the basketball team just to kind of get a sense like um first off i'm trying to figure out if i'm reading justin williams tweet correctly where he says he's not returning in the future are you talking about the future is in this season or ever? I would say he's talking about future. Yeah. And I did. So it does sound like Harvey is most likely. You would say the rest of the season, if it was just the season. For sure. So all I'm saying is people close to the team sources, as they say, have, have said that um, not a clear, no, 
no good insight into why necessarily, but most likely entering the transfer portal and that there right now there are no whispers or rumors of other players doing the same. So take a deep breath. Right now, it looks like the, the team we have is the team we have moving forward. We're riding with these guys. We believe. Hummer's, Hummer's, Hummer's predicting a Houston win. You're listening to this. You're probably thinking, how do you go from ranting and raving about Harvey's departure and end-of-the-world type doomsday scenarios to Brandon on the hot seat to, you know what, Sunday? Am I going to be throwing money down on that game? No. No, not touching that game with a ten foot pole. Um, no, I just want to be optimistic because there are, I think there are some, you know, some things in our in our favor that could help us pull that off. Does Houston have fans in the stands? They might. It's it's deep down there, of course. Um, you know, but once again, are they going to be able to drive in the icy roads? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, it's going to be warm by Sunday. Snow's gone. I'm just letting you know now. It's going to warm up down there. That's how it works good. down there. That's how it it's works. Polar vortex um, hanging around. What's the weather channel say? Too much weather analysis. You know, we're talking about weather more than we talk about Chris vote. That's a problem. I know. Can this have happened during like a the football well, during the football season? Really give us an edge? Yeah, true. Um, Hummer, is there anything else we didn't touch on that we should? This is easily one of the most unorganized, emotional podcasts we've recorded, but I think it's fitting. I'm not. I want to make clear. Let's make one thing clear. This wasn't about the individual decision of Zach Harvey to leave the program. Like he's not, it, we shouldn't be putting any player on that type of pedestal where it's like, Oh, Zach Harvey left. What's going to happen to Bearcats basketball. That's not what this was. This was just another red flag on what has been quite a few red flags over the course of John Brandon's first two seasons. Like this is, this is on top of Jaron Cumberland's coach's decision benching. It's on top of Jay Sorolla. It's on top of Trevor Moore. It's on top of Jaron Cumberland sending an Instagram about getting this dude up out of here. It's on top of um, Mamadou Diara opting out, then opting back in. It's on top of Rapalus Ivanowskis leaving the team before 10 games have even passed. And it's on top of everything we've been hearing around other players on the team and their parents and whispers and people are upset and look at the team. They're three and seven. All of this has been swirling around, stirring around in our heads. Everyone's losing their minds a bit. And now you have it with 10 games left, a four-game winning streak, and now Zach Harvey, one of the most promising players on the team, is leaving. That's why we're doing the podcast. That's why we're so revved up. It's not because of the individual well, decision necessarily. I have a call to action here, all right? And this has nothing to do with homage.com. This has everything to do with the John Brandon radio show next week. Every single Bearcat fan should be calling in and asking one question or two questions, I guess. Well, we can, we can say this breaks up in two questions. One, what is up with Zach Harvey's departure from the team? Two, is this a trend that we're seeing with all the other players that we've seen departing the team? And that question should be asked over and over and over again until he answers because John Brandon has a very special way of wiggling out of tough questions and not answering them when, he, when, he's put, when his feet are put to the fire. Uh, one thing that I, I've always complained about, or I want to say always, but over the last like six or seven months started to complain about is John Brandon's lack of transparency, his lack of openness uh, about certain things. And frankly, I think this is one that we're, we are owed a little bit of an explanation to. We're seeing a lot of players depart and I don't want to hear some, you know, BS excuse about COVID because that's not what it is with Zach Harvey. But that that's all you're going to get. 
I know, but that's why I say keep asking it and keep asking it and keep asking it. Ruin the radio show. Give them nothing to talk about except why Zach Harvey left until we get an answer. I like it. You heard it here. Hummer, good advice. Next, when? Monday? Next Monday, listen to the John Brandon radio show. Call in. Uh, listen to what he has to say. It's surely going to be eventful. And uh, all we can do from here is keep cheering on the team, man. I still like a lot of the guys on, like all the guys, man. This has been, this team started three and seven. They had a 25 day COVID pause and they came back and won four straight games. That still hasn't changed. We're still on a heater. The team is still rallying around each other. And who knows, this could just bring them even closer together and be a rally the troops moment. I'm not writing off the season. This is much more a John Brandon. What the heck is going on? It's not so much an indictment on the players because the players are putting it all out there, giving everything they have and have ripped off four consecutive wins. Can't wait to keep following them. Maybe they do the unthinkable on Sunday, but regardless, this team has a chance to continue getting better. And as we've talked about all season, the American athletic conference tournament is going to offer us an opportunity to play our way into what is going to be the weirdest, most uncertain March madness in NCAA history. And I so want to be a part of it. I so want to be a part of the weirdest, craziest March madness. I, I'm so disappointed. I've been seeing all these good gifts. If you guys are on Reddit, uh, it's not a particularly good subreddit in my opinion, but the college basketball subreddit has been having some fire, uh, memes regarding, uh, Caddyshack, uh, with, uh, is it Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield walking in being like, uh, you know, uh, Gonzaga and BYU and being like, you know, going up to the old girl like, oh, yeah, yeah, you and, uh. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, oh, man, this is this is this is the year where you see should be in there and we should be walking that walk. But no, we're not. Uh, we're the gopher digging under the ground, um, just fucking with everyone's emotions. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that on that super depressing note i tried to end it on a positive and you insist on bringing everybody down but i'm here for it uh hummer until i guess we'll talk next sunday after the houston game and uh we'll see what what more news comes out over the coming days buddy always a pleasure cheers talk to you guys